Tender View Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host Mario. What's going on, Mar? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. 14 weeks of Big Ten football. We have crowned our champion. Second year in a row, Michigan Wolverines. The I can't believe it. Two years in a row for these Wolverines. It just feels like yesterday, Michigan was flirting with firing Jim Harbaugh, and Jim Harbaugh has now won two Big Ten championships back-to-back on the playoff two years in a row and uh, in pretty convincing fashion. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago that uh, you had picked uh, Iowa to beat Michigan, and uh, here they are, Big Ten champions, man. Yeah, learn my lesson. Uh, you know, this Michigan team's for real. This is a good football team. You know, I think we're going to talk about this Purdue and Michigan game. Purdue, you know, put up a fight. They brought a lot to the table against Michigan, but Michigan is a really good team. And, you know, I went back and watched Michigan-Ohio State. Michigan was a better football team in that game. Um, this is a really good team that's going to cause some fits. But we have a lot to talk about today, Mar, and, and it's not just about Michigan because guess what? Ohio State's back in the picture. For those of you that were listening last time, we recorded. We had to record a little late, uh, and it was Friday. We were watching USC, and when we recorded, USC was getting spanked at the time. Uh, I'm sorry, they were uh, spanking uh, Utah at the time. By the time we got off, USC had had just given up their lead. Caleb Williams was bleeding all over. Mario was was gagging at the the sight of the blood, and uh, and USC falters, and Ohio State slips in giving themselves an extra week of rest, um, which we'll dig into a little bit more. There's a lot that happened too, though, right? We, we now have the college football playoff. We have these new Big Ten coaches. We have Deion Sanders doing some crazy things. The transfer portal is wild. Um, and, and a lot coming up, right? The All-Big Ten team, the Heisman's coming up. It's a wild couple weeks we have in college football, and we have to wait to watch the playoffs. We have to wait weeks and weeks to watch the playoffs. I hate this part. Yeah, I hate that both of those games are on New Year's Eve. We've talked about that. I absolutely hate that. But man, we got a busy schedule tonight. You wanna you wanna get into it? Let's dive into it. Let's start with the game, man. What a game by Michigan. I gotta give kudos to Purdue, man. They came out firing. They put up a fight against Michigan. Now Michigan was just too much for this team, but Aiden O'Connell came out, gave his best shot. Charlie Jones is Charlie Jones. However, just too many weapons on Michigan and and they uh they come out with the win. Yeah, look, Josh, I don't care what you say. Donovan Edwards is a beast. I'm not going to let you convince me anymore that he's not. Uh, We saw what he did this weekend versus Purdue. We saw what he did last week versus Ohio State, all with a broken freaking hand. I know you may not be the biggest fan of his, but he's been on fire lately. Huge props to him for stepping up. After Corum went down for the year, he's been awesome. Congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, First 13-win season in their program history. There was no hangover from last week after beating down Ohio State back-to-back Big Ten champs for the first time since uh, 2003-2004. We'll talk about it. And like you mentioned, for a half, Purdue was hanging in there. I think they played a lot better than a lot of people expected them to. Unfortunately for them, Michigan is the best second-half team in the world. They blew that game open in the third quarter. McCarthy played really well again. Donovan Edwards played really well again. Great win for the Wolverines, and now on to the college football playoff. Yeah, they sure are, and J.J. only had to complete 11 passes, 11 out of 17. If you are only making 17 passing attempts, you're probably doing something right or something very wrong. 
you know, and Aiden O'Connell had 47 attempts, and that's obviously the nature of their offense, but Michigan did not have to do too much. Um, and this offense just, it ran through Edwards and, uh, great game for Michigan. Great win, great team win. Um, the Boilermakers did put up a fight. There's no doubt about that, Mar. Um, Charlie Jones is just so fun to watch. I, I can't get over it week in and week out. He impresses and I'm excited to see Purdue play LSU, which we're not going to dive into all the bowl games, uh, this week. Uh, but I'm really excited to watch them play LSU. Yeah, that was a really good first half, first half of football from the Boilermakers real quick. Uh, Purdue ran a fake flea flicker in the third quarter. I don't know if you saw it. They handed it off to running back. He faked the pitch back to the quarterback and took off with it. It worked. I'm with Joel Clad on this one. I have literally never seen that play before. What about you? No, that was a first. Uh, very interesting. It worked. I'll give them credit for that. They also ran a fake punt. And for the Ohio State fans out there, uh, that is how you, you run a fake punt. You actually have to snap it to the guy up front, not just the punter unless he's throwing it. Sorry, I, I probably triggered some fans there. And, and to be honest, I'm a little triggered for them because uh, you know they had that open against Michigan, and it probably could have turned, turned the tides a little bit. They didn't. But it worked, and they pulled out all stops for Purdue, but it just wasn't enough. The team just isn't at Michigan's this caliber yet. Michigan has been doing this all year now, right? They are the top dog. Uh, coming into this year, and and they're getting the best shot of all these teams, and and reality is that first half these teams can 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 keep up, but like you said, they're the best second half football team in the country. But you know who else is the, one of the best in the country? TCU, and we're gonna see a clash of two titans in the college football playoff. Hey, just a small detail I noticed with uh, JJ McCarthy. You and I have watched nearly every Michigan game this year. Um, did you notice he used to cover almost his entire face with that that black was it paint or makeup? He hasn't done that since the Ohio State game. These last two games, he's been terrific. I know athletes can be a little superstitious at times. I doubt we're going to see all that black face paint or makeup again. I never noticed. Actually, I usually am watching the game, so I'm surprised that you're <laughs> so focused on JJ's face. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let the listeners judge on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm I only just thought it was an that, interesting detail. I'm only saying that because you. I don't know where you pulled out the Donovan Edwards stops. Guy's a stud. He's gonna be playing on Sundays one day. True sophomore. I mean, it's crazy when you watch Edwards when he hits the edge man. Like no one's catching him. And uh, one thing you and I had talked about too, right? Um, Michigan's basically got a month off now before before TCU. That cast, he's, he's playing with the, uh, a cast on his right hand, his dominant hand, um, and he's still just popping off these, these last few weeks with a broken freaking hand. That cast should be off right by the end of the month, I would imagine. I would think so, right? You're talking, I think this is like week three for him. You're talking like six to seven weeks. He should be good by then, unless there's some you know severe damage. I don't think he'd be playing if that were the case. But they need him, right? And and it's interesting. You never heard Michigan say Corum is out for the season. Now he got some knee surgery. I don't. I'm not a uh, a surgeon by any means. But you know, what does that look like? What's the recovery time? What kind of surgery is it? Look out! But Michigan is going to need Edwards. That's for sure. Um, but congratulations to the Wolverines on a huge win, 43 to 22. Yeah, another guy too, not just Edwards, but that month off should also give a few, they got a few banged up players on the Wolverines squad, right? As does Ohio State, but we're talking about Michigan now. Um, what's the DN's name? Mike Morris? Yeah, he, he should be back, right. right? He didn't play. Yeah, yeah, he's been out. We don't. I'm not sure we know what the injury is. The offensive line has been banged up a little bit. 
I hate the month off. I hate the layoff, but it does give them time to prepare for the game, prepare for the games coming up and also get healthy, which I think is huge for both of these big 10 teams that have found themselves in the college football playoff this year. Yeah, It's been a tough end of the year. And I actually wonder if their punter is injured or or in some way, not a hundred percent because Michigan's punting has been really good with, with Brad Robbins, I believe um, in the past. But he has been, if you've been watching those punts, they have not been good. Uh, and this was a, a punter that was one of the best in the Big Ten. So something tells me that he has a nagging injury uh, that hopefully these, these few weeks can get him ready. And you know what the nice part is? They don't have to wait four weeks to play Georgia. They play, wait four weeks to play TCU. And that's not a knock on TCU. But Georgia last year, you're talking about playing a team that's already supremely talented, uh, plus a really good coach. It's hard to compete with that. This time, it's a TCU team that's probably more to Michigan's caliber with a coach that maybe is a little less experienced than, than Jim Harbaugh. I think it's a more favorable matchup. Now, I don't know who's going to win that one yet, and I'm not going to tell you um, until we get there. However, I think uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines are probably pretty happy with the matchup. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, a couple things that I want to uh, hit on, too, and, and I think we should quickly go over our golden chicken. I don't think we have to dive deep into this, Mar, uh, considering it was one game. Who are you picking for your golden chicken this week? My golden chicken game ball helmet sticker. Um, I'm giving it not just for this game, but for the body of work for the whole season. Despite the loss, I'm giving my golden chicken award to Charlie Jones. 13 receptions, 162 yards. He's been a monster all season. I think it's safe to say that he made the right decision transferring out of Iowa and onto this Boilermakers team. He's had a great year. They lose on Saturday, but props to that guy, man. What did you say about Iowa? No, I'm not. No comment. I got you. I, you are absolutely right. He made the right decision leaving Iowa in that dreadful offense. I'm just kidding. They actually have improved this year. Uh, but it was a rough year, and, and uh, God, can you imagine Spencer Peters if he had Charlie Jones to throw to? Well, probably, you know, kind of where he was. Maybe instead of five touchdown passes, maybe like, seven, what, ten? Maybe seven. hits double digits? No, let's not get crazy. No, but I, you know what? He made the right decision. You know, he has that relationship with Aiden O'Connell. He was, he's a stud. Great to, great call on him. I'm actually going to switch it up. This is going to be very different. I'm, I didn't mention him purposely, but Will Johnson, cornerback out of Michigan, uh, true pick. freshman, previous five-star kid his, is, you know, against Ohio State, we talked about how he had to go up against Marvin Harrison Jr. for many snaps, and he held his own. I mean, even the first snap of the game, I, I rewatched it, he held his own against Marvin Harrison, getting physical. Um, he's a big-bodied corner. But in in this game in particular, he had two picks, and they were not, like, easy picks by any means. It was him reading the defense, reading the receiver, Watch out, Big Ten. This kid looks like he's going to be a stud wearing number two. Um, and he had two picks in this game that were just daggers, daggers in this game to end it. And it wasn't like Aiden O'Connell wasn't playing a good game. He was playing a great game. He just, uh, I think he ran against a huge force. Yeah, very impressive out of a, a true freshman that they trust him to put him in those situations. And props to him for stepping up and making the plays when he's being put in those situations against. Um, Ohio State's offense last week and against Purdue's offense this week, both very good, very talented, very explosive offenses, and he held his own. Yeah, he absolutely did, and and uh, pretty happy for him. You know, we're at that point where the freshmen are growing up to be sophomores, the sophomores are growing up to be juniors, uh, and these extra practices will go a long way. Hey, let's hit on a few more games, and then we'll take a short break, Mar. But I want to talk about, first of all, USC. We just mentioned it. 
gets spanked. Uh, poor Caleb Williams was beat up. Uh, the, you know, just completely beat up in this game. That defense was, when I say this, I mean this, the worst tackling I've ever seen from the Trojans. It was so bad. It's like they didn't even want to hit the guys. Yeah, I mean, they look like the Nebraska Cornhuskers out there because that defense was atrocious this year. But, yeah, um, I feel bad for Caleb Williams. I feel bad for Lincoln Riley. Um, I feel Lincoln Riley did a great job this year. His first year at USC has him one game out of the uh, out of the college football playoff, and, and Caleb Williams is just a beast. He's going to be, without a doubt, the number one prospect at quarterback next season. Um, you're going to see some NFL teams tanking for Caleb Williams. You are. I just, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Caleb Williams, but and he's very passionate. But I think we saw his fingernails from the game, or you know, what's what's online. I'm not a huge fan of that stuff. And you know, I think I, I do love a little trash talking, but let it happen on the field, right? Like go and unload on the team, not not you know get beat up and 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 lose the game. You know what I mean? I I would have liked a little bit more, but you know what? Congratulations to Utah, huge win, knocking them out beating them in two games, and I think the great news is Ohio, the Ohio State Buckeyes are now in the playoff, and it's causing a lot of controversy because team, people are looking and saying, so I can sit at home now and, and get in. I mean, realistically, Ohio State is better off for it now. Now, they had to play Georgia, but I think Ohio State would have it no other way. Beat the best to be the best. You know, yeah, yeah. Utah cost the Pac-12 quite a bit of money by beating USC uh, last Friday, but um, no, I would agree. I, I, I'm a fan of the Big Ten Conference. I still would have liked to see USC make the playoffs, um, even at the cost of Ohio State to a point. But it's cool that we get Ohio State in there. I, I think it's great that uh, the Final Four is uh, made up 50% of the Big Ten football conference. I think that's fantastic. Um, it is a little controversial, I know, with Ohio State kind of backing their way in, but I mean, teams in front of them didn't do their job, right? Teams in front of them had the opportunity, and teams in front of them didn't close it out. So, and you can't, you cannot argue that there is another team more deserving than Ohio State. I mean, they have one loss against. Do we know how good Michigan is yet? I don't know that we do. I don't think we know where their ceilings at, but we do know they went on the road against a very talented Buckeyes team. And realistically, put a whooping on them. So we, how, we don't really know how great that team is. We know Ohio State has one loss, a singular loss, and they have some good wins against Notre Dame, against Penn State, um, and I think that says enough. So I think it's well deserved. But it does beg the question of of what is the point in the conference championships? And I'm glad they kept TCU in it despite the loss. TCU is a one loss team, and they did not get punished for playing in a in a big 12 championship game but that was a wild ride kansas state beats them 31 to 28 in a game of literal inches yeah as am i i'm i'm happy to see tcu remain um in that top four uh to backtrack a second i I said i was happy that michigan and ohio state both made it i'm also happy that they didn't the committee didn't pin them against each other in the semifinal. right if they're gonna play each other again let it be for the championship, right? I know they both have tough, tough tests. TCU and Georgia are both good good teams, but um, happy to see TCU in there. I'm happy that the matchup is Michigan-TCU, and I'm happy that the matchup is Ohio State-Georgia. Yeah, that would it would really kind of suck to see them play each other again. You know, I, I, would, I couldn't – it would be fun. I want to see them play each other, but I want to see them battle these other teams first. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that one of them pulls it out and, and, you know, moves on to the finals. I gotta hope both of them do. That'd be the, 
could you imagine the hate between those two teams for a national championship? It would it'd be unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be unbelievable. I'm looking forward to these two games. The Like I said earlier, the only thing I don't like is that these games take place on New Year's Eve with the Georgia-Ohio State game taking place New Year's Eve nights. The game kicks off at, what, 8 o'clock, and if it's on Fox, it's not going to end until, you know, after midnight. So oh, if it's on Fox, that's the it's going to go until 4 a.m. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's what we get to we – have, we get to listen to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. I'm a huge fan of them. I don't know how many of the listeners are out there. That's the benefit, but you also have to listen to – you know, you have to get the comer or the commercial or touchdown commercial kick commercial. You know the ba- the dreaded uh, two commercial breaks back to back, and it's really frustrating. But congratulations to them. I want to just hit on Georgia real quick. They went fifty to thirty against LSU. To be honest, it was not a fifty to thirty game. Georgia took it to LSU and they took it to them early. Uh, it seems like Georgia is clicking on all cylinders right now. Michigan is clicking on all cylinders. Ohio State is going to come in uh i think angry they're going to come into this playoff angry like hey we just lost but we've we've been given another life and tcu um man they're a wild card so we got a fun playoff ahead of us yeah i can't wait we'll have a podcast later this month dedicated to just those two games but man am i excited i don't know how i'm gonna wait a month well you're not going to have a choice hey we have a lot to talk about we got the big 10 coaches changes coach coaching changes i'm sorry matt rule luke fickle we got a lot of transfers it seems like it's free agency now um it's a little overwhelming we got to talk about smith and jigba some some coach coach of the year um the expansion in 2024 and then our all big 10 team but why don't we take a short break real quick and come back with these let's do it buddy of different things to talk about but i think we can't go any further mario without talking about all of a sudden the big 10 is i think the best with coaches you got luke fickle coming in you got matt rule look out the west is going to be competitive yeah i mean let's touch on him real quick matt rule nebraska gets eight years 74 million uh i think this is a huge hire for nebraska look scott frost just wasn't the guy they think matt rule is the guy and you and I both saw it. He was fantastic in his last stint in college at Baylor. Um, Nebraska has a lot of talent on the roster. To be fair, most of that talent is on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm looking forward to what he's able to cook up next season with Casey Thompson back at quarterback, Trey Palmer back at receiver. I think Nebraska is going to have a huge turnaround next year, and I think they will be playing in a bowl game next season. Uh, yeah, I think there's a good chance. I, I think we kind of expected it this past year, and it didn't work out as, as necessary, but – um, these coaching hires are going to make an impact. I, I can't believe Fickle is not there. It, it seems like just yesterday, and it kind of was just yesterday, that Ohio State fans were like, we need to get rid of Ryan Day. We can't beat Michigan. Luke Fickle, come on over. And now Ohio State fans are so excited. They're in the Big Ten, uh, or I'm sorry, in the college football playoff, and Luke Fickle is more than happy with his, his new role here. I think a huge... Uh, huge impact and, and great for the Big Ten. Yeah, Luke Fickle, Wisconsin, gets seven years, $54.5 million. I do like this hire as well. I think Luke Fickle is a really good coach. We saw what he's been able to do at Cincinnati these last few years. He had them in the college football playoff just last year. I just 
I, Josh, I, don't, I, I would have liked to see Jim Leonard get this job. I mean, he stepped in midseason for Paul Chris. He did a great job. He had Graham Mertz in that offense clicking for the second half of the year. He proved that he's a good motivator. I fully understand, though, that you bring in a bigger name like Luke Fickle. It's going to help with recruiting. It's more flashy for all the boosters. Um, I think he's going to do a good job at Wisconsin, and I'm looking forward to what he does. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that. And I wonder if Jim Leonard is a big reason why it sounds like Braylon Allen wants to stay in Wisconsin. Now, that's subject to change. Uh, you know, I, I haven't done a ton of research into it. But, you know, especially with this, this portal opening up, it's like, it's crazy. I can't believe they need to have some sort of restrictions because it's insane right now. Um, however, it seems like Braylon Allen is likely staying now. Uh, at Wisconsin, and I, I, he had mentioned previously that he wants to stay with Jim Leonard, um, but I, I'm with you on that. I wish they would have uh, given him an opportunity, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's a business, and they got to have the best coach possible. Yeah, so I was thinking about this earlier, the ramifications of some of these new hires, and then in two years, you also have Chip Kelly at USC, UCLA coming in. you got Lincoln Riley at USC coming in. What you're going to see, you're going to end up seeing more top-end recruits committing to these Big Ten schools. You're going to see better competition. You're going to see more competition. And I think definitely once these Pac-12 teams shift into the Big Ten, you're going to see finally see divisional realignment, which is something we've been pushing for. I'm all here for. I'm here for all of it. So, yeah, I'm with you. We need it. Uh, it's it's come on. This is what Purdue comes in, and they gave their best effort, but they weren't even close to up to Michigan speed. They wouldn't have beat Penn State in that game. Uh, well, they already lost to Penn State earlier this year in a game that they should have won, but I don't think they would have at that point. Um, but look, the transfer portal is crazy too, and we need to hit on that, Mar. We just talked about Braylon Allen. Graham Mertz is transferring, probably a good move for him. You know, uh, Eric All from Michigan, we can talk about that a little bit, and Cade McNamara going to I. Well, Cade McNamara is going to Iowa. Some of the rumors are Eric All is going to follow over there. I mean, that to me already makes Iowa a significantly better team. And that caused Alex Padilla to leave. There's just so much going on. This is why. Yeah, I got notes on a few of these guys. So Cade McNamara, former Michigan quarterback, transferring to Iowa. Still has two years of eligibility left. I love this move for him and for Iowa. This is exactly what Iowa needs. Um, I honestly think this might be a program changer for Iowa. If Eric All, his former tight end at Michigan, comes over as well, I think that's huge for this Hawkeyes offense. Iowa hasn't had a quarterback throw for over 2,000 yards in years, and we just watched Spencer Petras toss only five touchdowns this season. Cade McNamara will, without a doubt, pass both those marks uh, next year. I love the move. He fits that that team so well. You know what I mean? Like He, he protects the ball. He's got a better arm than Petrus. Um, he hands it off really well like Petrus did. I think it's going to be a huge improvement. The only concern I have is they did not protect Petrus very well, and I, I think that led to some issues this year. They're going to have to protect Cade uh, this year if they want to be next year when if they want to be successful. Absolutely. And then qu- quickly on Graham Mertz, transferring out of Wisconsin, he started the last 32 games at quarterback for the Badgers. I think this is a huge loss for them. I mean, he's not going to blow you away. Uh, with his arm talent or his stats. But, I mean, he was a solid option for the Badgers these last few years. Uh, he got much better under Jim Leonard that second half of the year. You could see it. You saw his confidence kind of elevate. Uh, this is a tough start for Luke Fickle, right? I guess um, he's coming in. He, he's going to have to either look to his Ross, someone on his roster to replace Graham Mertz, or he's going to have to look to the transfer portal. And then I don't know if this announcement with Graham Mertz leaving – 
plays into Braylon Allen's decision at all. You had just mentioned it, Wisconsin standout freshman running back. There were rumors of him possibly transferring to Michigan next season. If Wisconsin's kind of in rebuild mode for another for for a year or so, um, maybe Allen is gone. But, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's just this is wild stuff, man. You never know. Did you see DJ? I, I don't even know why I even tried to say this. DJ Ugalalele, I can't even say it, from Clemson, that quarterback. I'm glad you tried the DJ name U- and not me. Yes, I saw. I, That's crazy. Yeah, he's gone. He was a five-star recruit just a few years ago. Um, he took over for Trevor Lawrence. He was supposed to be the next big thing. I, I, he was in the Heisman race about halfway through the year. Like That's some wild thing. I don't, I don't know that he deserved to be in the Heisman race with some of these, but it's kind of crazy to me that – it's just we need some sort of restriction on this portal. Yeah, I don't know how accurate the list I saw, but I think his early list was Notre Dame, UCLA, and possibly one other team. So whoever gets the kid is going to benefit greatly. Well, it, I know it might not happen this year, but look out for Deion Sanders at Colorado. This guy, I, I think that at the AD came out and said, we don't have the money yet for uh, his contract, but you know what? They're going to pay it all forward. Like there's not going to be an issue because it sounds like Dion, he's a master recruiter. Now, the one thing is when you get to these ranks, right? It's not about recruiting. It's about it's about the talent you have around you. It's about about coaching these kids up and being a really good coach. I mean, look at Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. They got all the talent in the world, and and they couldn't beat anybody this year. Um, but Dion is going to be all over this transfer portal he's basically told all of these kids uh that that their scholarships are not honored and 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 you know that i'm not trying to put words into anyone's mouth but basically saying that he's coming in he's going to make an impact on this uh this this school and uh there's he's going to be taking a lot from this transfer portal in my opinion. yeah for the students at colorado um you're going to see a significant improvement in your football team as soon as next season, but unfortunately, I think they're going to see a significant increase in their tuition costs as well to pay for this contract of Deion Sanders. So, uh, positive and negative, you know, uh, give and take. So, I tell you what, though, they're going to make so much money from having him over there just because people are going to want to see what Deion's doing. I'm a believer. I'm a believer that Deion's going to do some good things um, over there in the Pac-12. But we're a Big Ten podcast. I just wanted to talk about that because with all of these transfer things going on. Uh, he's going to have a huge impact on that. And there's going to be a lot of kids that don't commit to the Big Ten schools because they're going to believe in in what he's doing to Colorado. I hear you. Uh, I think it's a good hire for uh, Colorado. I don't think Dion. I, th- I don't think that's his final stop. I think he's going to do great there, and I think he's going to keep on – his trajectory is just going to keep going up. But it's almost kind of a good segue, right? We're talking about Dion coaching at Colorado. Segue right into Jim Harbaugh. Big Ten 2022 Coach of the Year. Well-deserved. Yes. You know, I, I know you look at some of these top-tier blue-chip programs and you say, why would I give that to Jim Harbaugh? But what he did this year, new offensive coordinator, yes. new defensive coordinator, yes. uh, God, the, the situation with the quarterback, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, some people questioned if he handled it well. I don't know if he handled it well, but at the end of the day, He's going to the college football playoff. He's got a true sophomore quarterback that that just went and beat Ohio State by 20-something on the road and won a Big Ten championship. You know what? 
this is well-deserved for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, 12-0, first time for Michigan since 1997, the last time they won uh, their national championship. He deserved it. Not sure who else you would have given the award to, possibly Brett Bielema, if Illinois hadn't fallen apart in November, and maybe they make it to the Big Ten championship game. Maybe Bielema gets considered over Harbaugh. But, yeah, well-deserved for Jim Harbaugh. No doubt. Hey, I, a couple things I want to hit on real quick, just small one-hitters before we go into um, a break here, Mar. Number one, uh, the offensive coordinator for Iowa or for Iowa for Ohio State, Kevin Wilson, takes on the job at Tulsa. Um, I'm intrigued to see the impact that has on Ohio State um, and the difference it's going to make. I don't know that it's going to make a huge impact. That that's just a great team. They they just they have a great uh, succession planning through that entire organization. But um, I think it's something to watch as we move forward. And then how about that Smith and Jigba that move? I, you know, I. what are your thoughts on that? So you and I actually talked about this last night. Um, I, You know what? If he's still hurt, fine. If he's not hurt, and we'll never know, uh, but if he's not hurt, I hate the move, right? He only played in three games this year. I think he only had two receptions on the year. I guess he's been dealing with a nagging uh, hamstring injury all season. Um, I, I don't know. What, what's the last hamstring injury you saw that lasted 14 weeks? Yeah, I don't know. And I know those are nagging injuries, so I don't want to knock him for it, and I don't want to speculate. But if I'm a if I'm sitting here and I'm a, a GM for an NFL organization, I want guys who are going to compete and that love the game. And and I'm not saying that Smith and Jigba doesn't, but it does make me question it a little bit, right? And so as you're going through the process of drafting, like you have to interview him to find out, like was this a real injury that continued to last, or did you not want to – or are we saving yourself for the NFL? And I'm not going to knock him for either or. Go get your money, young man. Like, you worked hard for it. Go get your money. But I know, uh, you know, I'm looking at, who is it? Is it Dan Campbell from the Lions? Like, this guy just wants people who loves the game. He's talking about biting kneecaps, I think, to start the year. Like, that's the type of guy that, that wants someone who really loves the game. And, um, you know, I, I do think this is going to raise some red flags for some GMs. And uh, whether that's it's you know, fruitful or not. Well, I think we should know. I, I don't know if we mentioned it, but he, so Smith and Jigba decided that he's going to sit out the college football playoff. He's been hurt all season. He made the uh, business decision to uh, not partake in the game against Georgia and not partake into uh, a game against Michigan or TCU should Ohio State win. He decided that he is, his sole focus is going to be on the NFL draft. Um, but, I mean, look, hey, Jamar Chase, a few years ago, two years ago, decided to sit out his final season at LSU, and it didn't hurt him at all. He got picked, what, fourth or fifth by the Cincinnati Bengals. So just depends on the team, the situation, what they're looking for. Yeah. I, you know, those were that was a COVID season, and, and you're right. But I'm not going to knock him for it. At the end of the day, I just hope he is healthy, he gets himself healthy, and he gets ready to go in the NFL. I have seen him play plenty of times to know that if he was sitting there in the second round, I don't care who you are, I want him on my team. Now, obviously, you have to interview, and, and you have to make sure he loves this game, uh, but I want him on my team. A kid is, is going to be special. Um, but, Mar, we got a few more things to talk about. we got to talk about the expansion a little bit. We have to talk about the All Big Ten team. There's a lot of really good names on there. And then I want to talk about Heisman because we got some snubs on here. We got C.J. Stroud, well-deserved. We have some questionable names on the ballot. I want to talk about that, but why don't we take a short break? Let's do it.
back. We got a few more things we want to hit on. I know it's been a crazy couple weeks, uh, but we, we didn't want to go without talking about some of these things. For one, the college football playoff expands in 2024. The games would look very different today um, if, if uh, you know, we were going into the playoff, if, if that were the case. We got four games that are all on New Year's Eve. I'm hoping that none of them in the future are on New Year's Eve. I'm hoping that they're all, uh, God, put them on New Year's Day for all I care. Just stop giving me New Year's Eve. Um, you know how hard it is to explain to my wife that we have Big Ten football on New Year's Eve? She's like, so? What, does it matter? Yeah, um, good luck, man. <laughs> well, it's an 8 o'clock game. And last year, um, you know, I, I wanted to see Michigan play, and that went until about midnight. Like, that's it's just so hard to do that. And uh, I really I really don't like it. I, I just – are ratings that great on New Year's Eve? I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe the afternoon game. I mean, at least we have Michigan and TCU at 4 o'clock. Uh, but, yeah, that 8 o'clock game is brutal because if it is Fox, the game is going to go past midnight. I, I think that game might actually be CBS. Um, but regardless, like, it's just tough. It, it's tough to sit there on New Year's Eve night watching. I'd love it for – New Year's Day, like you said, would be perfect. Yeah, we'll see, though. Know. When they expanded the 12 teams, they got to start earlier in December, you know, mid-December, I think, because you're going to have several rounds. So uh, hopefully none of those rounds fall on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I hope not, but I, I am excited for it. More and more when I see this happen, I'm excited. I, I'm looking right now, Mario, and if after all of this, if we were to look at the playoff right now and it was a 12-team playoff, it gets me excited to see some of these games now, the first thing that I have an issue with is the first round is uh, is a home game. Now, I appreciate that. I like that a lot. But the second round is not. So those teams that have a bye do not have a home game. And that's the, the issue that I have. I, so I think they have to expand or come up with something different. So I'm going to give you an example. Right now, looking at it, in the top left corner, Tennessee would play at Kansas State. And then the winner would play Georgia. Now, it would be at a neutral site when they play Georgia. I would like to see that winner between Tennessee and Kansas State to go play Georgia at Georgia's house because I think that's that's the joy of, of being in the top four. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would agree with you, but I, I think the counterpoint would be they still have to get all their bowl games in. They still got to get all their money. They do. Well, I, I agree. They just have to come up with a plan on how they're going to do that. But uh you know, that's, I think, going to lead to further expansion, uh, if I'm, I'm being honest here. But I want to talk about some of these other games you'd have. You'd have TCU going to Tulane, to, and then the winner of that would play Utah. Um, uh, that would be an interesting bracket. It'd be cool to see Utah because I think Utah's proven they can hang with anybody this year. Um, you'd have Alabama going to USC. Winner would play Michigan. Yeah, those are games I would want to see. And then Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, and the winner would play Clemson. I don't know that I'd want to see that one, but uh, I'm pretty sure you know, the committee would look at it a little differently if there was going to be a rematch that maybe we adjust one or two rankings. Yeah, yeah, more than likely those would change. But it's a completely different look. And, uh, man, that USC and Bama to play Michigan, I don't know that that Michigan really benefits from this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think Michigan would be uh, in favor of a 12-team playoff this year, but uh, it's going to get exciting in the future, right? Because not only do we have the top six teams, 
that Reese Davis and those guys are breaking down on Tuesday nights. Uh, instead of the top six teams they're looking at, you're going to be looking at the top 15, top 16 teams. So it keeps a lot more teams in it. It keeps a lot more teams motivated and interested. And it also, um, I think, would dissuade some of these players from sitting out their bowl games to prepare for the NFL because you're in the college football playoff at 12 teams, you got a chance to win it all. So I think there's a lot of benefits. There's some negatives, but I think there's, I think the the positives outweigh the negatives. I would agree. Can't wait to see it happen in a, in a couple of years here. Mar, I want to jump into the all big 10 team, the football team this year. Um, was there anything that stood out to you when you looked at these these names? Yeah, one giant omission. Uh, no Spencer Petrus on the first, second, or third oh, team man. all Big Ten. How does that happen? Come on. And if there was a fourth and fifth and sixth team, <laughs> hate to break it to you, my friend, it would be more of the same. No, just looking through this first team all Big Ten, uh, I think every single person on this first team all Big Ten deserves to be there. Uh, I think guys on the second team all Big Ten team could make a case for being on the first team team you know chase brown is a second team all big 10 player i think he has a very good uh, case for being on that first team um jj mccarthy on the third team all big 10 team i think he'll be probably first team next year um no giant omissions that really stand out to me as i look through this same here you know what's wild when i look at this uh, there's there's a couple things. One, Michigan has uh, four offensive linemen, who, offensive linemen between the first and second team, which is very interesting. I mean, it says a lot about their offense. But I was I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, Blake Corum for running back, Mo Ibrahim, okay. And I was like, man, they snubbed Chase Brown and Braylon Allen. And then I was like, but they didn't. Like Mo and Chase Brown are like studs out there. It just tells you how good the running backs are here in the Big Ten. That the second team, you're like, oh yeah, they're really good. Um, it, that's Even the third really... team, man, Nicholas Singleton and Mayan Williams. It is the <laughs> deepest conference at running back. It's unreal. I mean, you got uh, the running backs are so deep in this conference. Travion Henderson didn't even make first, second, or third team, and he's a fantastic running back. It's wild. It really is. That's what stood out to me out of everything on this. Um, you know, the defense to me was, was I thought, pretty fair. Um, you know, Devin Witherspoon and Joey Porter on here. I thought, you know, great picks on that one. I, it's just, it's really interesting to see. And, and I, I'm really happy about the receivers, Marvin Harrison and Charlie Jones. Those guys are studs out there, um, but well-deserved to, to all these players. I don't want to read each one one by one, but well-deserved. I think this is a really great list. One receiver that I do want to highlight, Ronnie Bell, Michigan wide receiver, made the third team all Big Ten list. He's coming off a nasty injury, missed last season. Kudos to that guy, man, for coming back, for playing the way he did, and for making it to the third-team All-Big Ten team after that nasty injury. We saw him uh, suffer last season. Uh, There's a lot of deserving uh, guys on these lists, and happy for all of them. You know, you mentioned that I'm really happy for him, but how about Mo Ibrahim, man? We talked about to start the year. I mean, to come off of his injury, to go first-team, like, you just want to, like, raise your hand and clap for for this young man like just to just to get through it and to be first team and he deserves every piece of it um this is a really good list of players this is a great uh i I, it really tells you the talent that's in the big 10 now i know that the big 10 necessarily didn't have the year that we were thinking right northwestern probably lost about 10 more games than we were thinking um and indiana lost a lot more games than we were hoping for um, but regardless, there's really good talent across the board in the Big Ten, and they are fun to watch week in and week out. 
yeah, I had a blast this year. I had an absolute blast, and I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, looking forward to these bowl games coming up in December because uh, we got 10 bowl games uh, slated right now, and if, if Michigan or Ohio State wins their semifinal game, we'll have an 11th bowl game, and that's awesome for the Big Ten, right? 14 teams, 10 of them are, are in bowl games. I think that's fantastic. Unfortunately for Northwestern Indiana, some of these teams didn't have the best year, but a lot of these teams did have a really good year, and the Big Ten has showed that it's a solid conference, top to bottom, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, no doubt. Now, the last thing I want to hit on real quick, Mar, is the Heisman finalists. And first of all, congratulations to C.J. Stroud. I can't, 100% well-deserved. This guy is a stud out there. He is a, he is fantastic, right? I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a fantastic receiver. Ibuka is fantastic. Fleming, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. But you need someone to get you the ball. And, uh, and Stroud has done a great job. He's super accurate. Um, in the pocket, does a great job. Um, he is well-deserved. It sounds like Caleb Williams is probably winning this award. Um, and, I, you know, I think well-deserved. I, I don't love that the Heisman uh, ballots can be cast before the conference championships. That seems a little odd to me because actually after watching it, I thought, man, maybe Duggan wins it just for the gutsy performance he put in. Um and I thought maybe that was a possibility, but it sounds to me like betting odds are saying Kayla Williams is winning this award. Four quarterbacks. How surprising. How surprising that four quarterbacks are the finalists. It's a quarterback award. Um, you and I talked about it. This was actually uh, your point that I'm going to share uh, before the podcast. Blake Corum, snub. Like He, he snub. should be there. But Put him in there man? over Stenson Bennett. Stenson Bennett's great, but, he does, he, but Why is Corum he deserves to be there. This, the Heisman voters looked and saw, oh, he's the quarterback of the, the number one team in the country. That is the only reason why. Now, Setson's a fantastic quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a he's a 25-year-old quarterback uh, playing uh, against a bunch of 18-year-old uh, defensive backs, and he's done a great job. Shots fired. Well, no, I, I read that online, actually. Someone said that. I just, you know what? I watched Stetson, and it's just sometimes he's a little – a little cocky out there. I can't knock him for it because you know what? Keep winning Stetson and you could be as cocky as you want. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's out here and I don't, I just don't see that he is the winner of the Heisman. I think there's a lot of really good quarterbacks, a lot of deserving players. Blake Corum, in my opinion, deserves it. Michigan state fans, Kenneth Walker should have won it last year. I don't care. Yes, anyone absolutely. says should have won it. Um, and I, I think Mel Tucker, we had talked about this. He's probably sending royalty checks to uh, Kenneth Walker for this large contract he got uh, because of Kenneth Walker. But it just tells you it's a quarterback award, man. I, there's so many deserving players, and unfortunately, I don't know that anyone outside of like an absolute stud at running back and receiver is going to win it again. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If Blake Corm didn't tear up his knee there against Illinois and he had played in that Ohio State game and he had played against Purdue, it probably would have been his – even though it is a quarterback award, it would have been really tough to deny Blake Corum. Uh, maybe that's just my Big Ten prejudice. But um, I'm still I'm pulling for C.J. Stroud. The, the award, uh, what is it, Saturday, December 10th, uh, we're going to find out. I'm pulling for C.J. Stroud. Yes, I'm seeing that Caleb Williams is kind of the favorite. Uh, Duggan, after watching him against Kansas State, even with the loss, I mean, he ended up rushing for, what, 70, 60, 70 yards on that final drive. He's bleeding everywhere, gets the two-point conversion, goes to overtime. Uh, I think they scored in overtime, personally. I think they crossed the goal line. The refs didn't see it that way. Um, I'd, if it's not going to Shroud, I'd like to see Duggan win the award. But Caleb Williams, great season. He If he wins it, he deserves it. 
But it's kind of cool to see these quarterbacks. We're going to see them all again. You know, Williams, we won't. We're going to see Stroud versus Stetson Bennett. We're going to see Duggan versus J.J. McCarthy. J.J. is obviously the odd one out in here because he's not a Heisman finalist. But I think that's so cool, and, and I can't wait to talk more about that, Mar. I cannot wait for these games. I mean, we don't have a choice, but we have to wait till four o'clock on uh, Eastern time on uh, on the New Year's Eve to watch these games, which sucks. Um, but regardless, we're gonna wait. We're gonna see the Heisman finalists. Um, you know, Heisman crown this upcoming Saturday. I can't be more excited about it. But Mar, why don't we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, and we'll be back next week to talk about all these ball games. I cannot wait to do that. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for the support. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTRShowPod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next week.